The following podcast contains spoilers for Mune, the guardian of the moon. What about the guardian of the sun? Yeah, well, he never gets enough credit. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Hello. Hello. My name is Miguel Migusto. I should, I should stop like. doing that right now. <laughs> Me like. We should stop it right now. <laughs> Absolute. How you doing? How you not, doing? Not bad, my man. I got a haircut. I got my beard trimmed. I look like a human being now and mm. instead of like a scruffy dog that's been outside mm. for six weeks straight. Hey, 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 hey. Scruffy dogs who've been outside for six weeks straight are ten times more likely to make me cry than a human who's been outside for six weeks straight why are you outside human for six weeks straight why can't you go inside you got legs don't you you got legs in the brain the poor puppers doesn't have opposable thumbs <laughs> and you do and you do anyway <laughs> anyway what uh what uh what uh, what did you watch this week uh, so I haven't really actually watched much. I watched a little bit of Hannibal, a little bit of Shameless, but uh, the main thing that I did watch this week uh, was a little kind of documentary series, but I only watched like two episodes for the main focus of it, mm-hmm. called The Dark Side of the Ring, which is on Vice TV. Mm. And it kind of like goes into like these documentaries about like uh, pro wrestlers or just athletes in, like in the ring and like their stories that went uh, uh, dark. <laughs> Um, So the one that I watched was about Chris Benoit, who was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, besides like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's the one that killed his family, right? Uh, Yes, he is the one that killed his family. And it's a severely interesting documentary because it goes into like uh, one of the other wrestlers that he was like really, really close with, uh, Eddie Guerrero. And then it talked about like. Uh, his family and their background, and then it went into the meds he was taking and, like, how just abused his brain was from all those years of wrestling and, like, Mm -hmm. how he basically wasn't even another, like, the same person. Yeah, like, During all those events. Yeah, it was... It's it's really interesting, and it's even more interesting to see all the comments that, like, you'll see on, like, YouTube videos and, like, posts about this episode, and they're like... It's it, it was it was a wild ride. Like it was very very interesting and I really do recommend it to anybody even yeah. if like you weren't a fan of wrestling. I think a lot of people because obviously that is a very tragic situation. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are quick to you know find justice in anything and finding justice to a lot of people is just shitting on someone. Yeah. And of course so me saying this does not condone what Chris Benoit did, but yeah. CTE can be such a problem that you don't even you're like like you said, you're not the same person. You don't yeah, have the same thought process. From, from a lot of the reports that they were saying, it was like basically when he committed these like this act, like he, he was basically an eighty year old with Alzheimer's yeah. or whatever. Like it was he was not even like, like that's how fucked up his brain yeah. was. Yeah, like you you can mourn for the victims, but also understand that it was a tragic situation for the perpetrator as well like not not yeah. everything is black and white um it, just those things kind of bug me how people are just like so quick to shit on someone for 
obviously mm. committing an atrocity. Like no one's disagreeing with that, but hundred percent. And like, things like are said, deeper than they seem. One of my favorite wrestlers. I actually kind of just after this whole thing took place, I kind of stopped watching wrestling when I was a kid. After I found out all that, man, how old were you when that happened? Between ten and twelve, I think roughly. I feel like that happened when I was eighteen. Uh, I could look it up again while while you're talking about yeah. what you've watched. <laughs> Uh, well, first I started off with Mune, the guardian of the moon, and, uh, you said someone got another one out of the way, right out of the way again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was mainly because, you know, I didn't want anything that was too thought-provoking. It was like a work night. I wanted something short and not thought-provoking. Uh, so I watched that. We'll get into that that later, but I did watch that very early on in the week. Yeah, um, I, was, I was like, oh, well, got it out of the way, didn't you there, buddy? <laughs> Uh, then I watched Ali, um, directed by Michael Mann, starring Will Smith about Muhammad Ali. Um, great movie. You know, I, I, I like that they dealt more with his politics than they did his actual boxing because boxing movies get boring quickly for me because they're mm-hmm. essentially the same sequence over and over again. Um, and then I watched uh, Akira Kurosawa's 1985 masterpiece called Ron or Ran? I don't know how to... It's spelled like Ran as in Iran. Yeah. But I don't know how like the Japanese would pronounce it. But goddamn, is that a beautiful movie with a great Oof. story. Like, admittedly, it takes a while to get going, but once it gets going, it's great. Like, you, you think it's going to be like a typical younger son who's kind of an asshole coming back to fight his family story. Yeah. But then it just takes a complete turn. Uh, and isn't that at all? It's it's really remarkable, and it's beautifully shot. It's got some of the most amazing battle scenes I have seen of any movie, really. So I highly especially suggest... back then is like a big thing. Yeah, have you seen it? I have not. Yeah, it's it's really great. I I highly suggest it. They catch like an entire Japanese castle on fire. Holy crap! Um, it's ooh, it's just it's pretty Does to it, look at. It really, yeah, it does. Uh, then I watched a movie uh, called uh, Seberg, which is about Gene Seberg and how the FBI essentially like drove her crazy because they yeah. were um, she was, uh, you know, part of the um, black power movement, civil rights movement in the 60s was donating money to the Black Panthers. So the FBI was like trying to get her to stop mm-hmm. by essentially terrorizing her. Um, this was before. It was widely known what J. Edgar Hoover was doing, and fuck J. Edgar Hoover. I don't care who disagrees with that. Yes, fuck sir. J. Edgar Hoover. He's a piece of shit, and everyone <laughs> everyone that didn't question what he did is also a piece of shit. So if you have family that worked for the FBI and did not question J. Edgar Hoover, fuck you, fuck them. He's a terrible human being, and it's probably rotting in hell right now. Um, if there is hell, at least I don't in believe the dirt. there is L, but yeah, at least in the dirt. He's definitely rotting in the dirt because he's <laughs> dead. But uh, but yeah, that's starring um, uh, Kristen Stewart. It's it's fine. It's probably one of her better performances. It's yeah. not a, an amazing movie, but it, it it's a good story. It, it uh, keeps you interested. But okay, nothing. And we were nothing just talking about her last crazy. week. Kristen Stewart. Oh yeah, because yeah. uh, Princess yeah, Diana. Princess Diana, which is weird, but uh, yeah, 
<laughs> um, Actually, I think it's the same director, Benedict Andrews. Oh, really? Uh, who's who cast her as that? So we'll we'll see how that is. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's all I've seen for this week. Let's jump into some news. And to go back to the Chris Benoit thing, it was 2007, so I was roughly 14. Okay, so I was I was about what what month in 2007? June. June. So I was 17. Yeah. So you weren't that far off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you were, you piece of shit. I, I was way off. <laughs> yeah, I felt a lot younger. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so let's get into some news, shall we? Let's do it. Um, um, you want to go first? You have two pieces of news, right? Or Yes. Uh, you uh, do they one. Both are, they both are kind of combined. Okay, then I'll, I'll do mine first. So uh, we talked about Regal Cinemas opening up. They, I believe they picked July 10th as their date to open up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, AMC announced that they are opening up July 15th. Um, it will only reopen 450 of its locations. I don't know how many of lo- locations it has, but that's what it says, only 450 locations. But one thing that really kind of threw me off is that they will not be requiring people to wear masks. Oh. Which in the theater I understand. But, like, if you're only going to be wearing a mask for, like, five minutes going to your seat, what's the big deal? Like, yeah. Okay, well that's a power move. Yeah, it's 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 like, stupid. Uh, they they said they that they didn't have them in at all. Like in the theater, I guess. Yeah, you're right. It makes sense. You're not really moving and touching things. But yeah, yeah, they don't want them to wear them at all. Before or, that, or they they're they're not requiring. Uh, the CEO said that he would wear one, obviously, but uh, um, they he's, they said they don't want to get into any political controversy. Okay, which uh, the fact that this is political controversy to me is just badger insane. Like, yeah. I don't like wearing the masks either, but it's honestly not worth complaining about. Like, find some, find a hobby. Yeah, crochet or or <laughs> finger paint or something. Jesus Christ, people! Or Fuck make some off. masks. Make some masks. <laughs> or make some masks that you could like fit straws into. That'd be fun. That That'd sounds be, like a yeah. fun hobby. Yeah, but like, I, pe- people have cut their masks open to fit food in them, which is stupid. Which because it kind of, defeats the purpose. Absolutely. But yeah, that's that. That's my news. My um, phone fell. Oh, how dare it! <laughs> so uh, my my news is like a segue. Like I said, um, so uh, Michael Keaton has been confirmed to play Batman again uh, in the next Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's playing the Burton Batman, so like he gets to play his Batman again, Ooh, which I'm sure be... he's absolutely excited about. Actually, yeah, he's gonna be old. Um, and the Flash is gonna uh, like be like the Flashpoint comics where he goes through different dimensions and shit and universes, and so that'd be pretty cool to see Michael Keaton back in the game. Do they yeah. still have Ezra Miller playing the Flash? It looks like it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't have a problem with him, but how, did you hear about him? Uh, Allegedly choking someone and throwing them to the ground. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, apparently what? he did that outside of a bar in Reykjavik. But like, if you watch the video, it looks like he, he they were just messing around. Uh, interesting. I had no idea because <laughs> a fan was like yelling, like asking to fight her, uh, fight her, and what? so he <laughs> pretended to fight her, like she asked. What? <laughs> and then, yeah, apparently Where's... people. Okay, well, humans disgust me, and yeah. I'm glad I'm still in COVID. Anyway. Yeah. Granted, <laughs> I, I only watched the video. I wasn't there, so who knows yeah. what happened. But, like, it looks just, like, completely innocent. Did he go a little hard? Maybe. But, like, fuck off. 
<laughs> All right. Well, interesting. Yeah. And uh, uh, and now to segue from the Batman thing, uh, Joel Schumacher passed away yesterday. Yes. Yes. Um, Director of Falling Down is my favorite movie of his. Mm-hmm. Phantom um, of the Opera, Batman the and Opera. Robin, and uh, Batman Returns. I think I forget which Batman, Batman. Forever. Batman Forever. Batman um, Returns is the second the other Michael Keaton. Keaton one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, eight um, millimeter phone booth and like plenty other ones. Yeah, but none hold a, a fire to falling down. In my opinion, that okay, is. I a thought great you were going to say Saint Elmo's fire. I was like, Mike, <laughs> I haven't seen Saint Elmo's fire, but <laughs> this got my boy David Morrison it. So yeah, so there's uh, he lived a long life, eighty years. So that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, but you know, it's, a, it's still kind of sad day. Sad. sad day. Yep. Sad day. So, uh, but uh. Uh, With yeah. that down over news, yeah, let's get into <laughs> let's get into a French animated movie called Mune, Guardian of the Moon. In a land far away, where sun and moon shine only thanks to heroic guardians. The sun recognizes its new guardian. Sahon! Oh yeah. The most unlikely little creature will be chosen. You are the new guardian of the moon. Him! And have greatness thrust upon him. I really think there's been a mistake. I'm scared of the dark. The stars all look the same to me. I'm a terrible singer. Maybe? So, guardian of the moon? When an evil magma demon and his minions steal the sun of a magical world, the new guardians of both the sun and the moon must embark on a quest to retrieve it and save their world before disaster as the moon... Oh, damn it, I messed up. From disaster as the moon faces destruction <laughs> as well. I was like, damn, I'm doing real good. Dude, you, it's the cockiness. You got to get rid of the cockiness. It's always the last line, too. Always the last line. So we discussed this before jumping into that... Uh, you watched the French version, and mm-hmm. I watched the Amer- uh, the English version, not the American version. Um, and they have different casts, so I will only do the top three of both, but I'll also throw in some uh, some cameos, if you will, that were in there. So in the French cast for uh, Sahone, we have Omar Sy. For Glim, it's Itzia Higelin. Uh, for Mune, it is Mich- uh, Michel Gregorio. And then for the English one, Sahone was played by Rob Lowe. Uh, <laughs> yep. What? Yep. <laughs> Glim was played by Nicole Provost. And Mune, so it's not in order, so I do apologize for the looking around here. Uh, where the fuck is Mune? The fuck? Oh, uh, Joshua J. Ballard. Don't know who that is. But in certain roles, mainly uh, the two demons, uh, like the 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 henchmen demons, we have uh, Patton Oswalt as Mox <laughs> and Ed Helms as Spleen. That's and actually then hilarious. As the uh, one past. Uh, moon guardian that they find that kind of sacrifices himself. Phospho is Jeff Dunham. So that's an interesting cast. <laughs> that is a very interesting cast. Pat and <laughs> Oswald and Ed Helms is kind of funny, though. Yeah. Ed Helms actually didn't sound like Ed Helms because he was playing like a, 
a depressed kind of like yeah demon. <laughs> depressed demon yeah it was kind of funny um but really the entire time i was watching this movie specifically with mox and spleen is i was really hoping it was gonna be um the two demons from uh, the 1997 Disney animated film Hercules. I was going to comment on that. Yes. It felt which, exactly like that. Which Pain and Panic, uh, played by Bobcat Goldthwaite and Matt Frewer, respectively. Uh, and it really just kind of felt like they were trying to bounce off of that, mm-hmm. but didn't really nail it. Granted, it's, they're, they're completely different characters, so I'm not, I'm not judging it. Mox and Spleen were still my favorite parts of this movie. But uh, the entire time, I was just like, this is good, but you know what I really want. Panic and pain. Pardon me. I'm trying to just look something up real quick. Sure. What was the big demon's name? The big corrupted man. Necros. Necros. Where the hell is that at? Oh, I see him. Finally. Eric Hansen Maracal. Granted, that could also be the... Uh... Who, was, who was that? Who, was, who played Necros in the English version? The... Uh... That's what I was trying to look up because in the French film he was fucking menacing. At least his Eric, voice. Eric Herson Mar- Masserol is is um the French guy, and then Davy Grant, I think. It doesn't specify, but that sounds like an English name if I've ever heard one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna say Davy Grant was the English version of Necros. Um, but yeah, he was still pretty menacing in the English version. So what do you think? What let's let's dive into it. We kind of been um all right, so going going into, you know, the French version, I had to actually kind of pay attention to the movie and pay attention to the subtitles and everything. Um first off, the world building I actually really enjoyed. Like obviously this is a kids movie, but like I didn't go into it thinking, "Oh, great, I'm watching a kids movie." Um like I went into it just being like, "Okay, I got to watch this, pay attention to it." I really like the world building, the fact that uh, there's two guardians or there's one one uh, creature that harpooned the sun and then he took the sun around the world and then some little other creature brought up the moon from a dimension. He created the moon. Yeah, he created the moon from a dimension and brought it to uh, the this world. I mm-hmm. assume this is Earth. I thought that was pretty cool. And then both uh, both the sun and the moon rotate on their own like planes. So like there's two guardians. Uh, and I thought that was like really cool. Um and then like it shows all the characters and the creatures and all that, and I thought that was pretty neat. Like I, uh, I wish they kind of showed more like types of creatures or like more species, yeah. other than like uh, Mune's species, the the two candle people, and then like a bunch of rock people. Like I wish yeah. there was more other species. Also, Mune's legs scared me with how like lengthy they were. Yeah, freaked me out. His mm-hmm. torso is like two inches compared to his legs, mm-hmm. uh, but he's a goat, so it kind of it's weird. Also, like whenever like he, like whenever he like something. crouched, like his legs were like spiders, and then like yeah, this two he inch had a very torso, spidery, uh, spidery movement. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. The the world building was really cool to the point where I wish they developed more because mm-hmm. they kind of just jumped into the story, which is normally fine. But I felt like there was enough here to kind of play around and discover the world a little bit um i thought the uh the dynamics between the moon and the the sun were pretty interesting uh but i have one serious question for you Mm -hmm. 
Was the moon tethered to that giant bird's butt hole, specifically, <laughs> butthole? I don't think it was the butthole. I think it was a hole on its back. Yeah, which... Maybe lower back region. But made me think it was a butthole the entire time. I was like, what is that? Man, there's this, all this string coming out of my ass. Yeah. I'm just going to keep walking, I guess, <laughs> while people play music on me. I don't... <laughs> no, but the, the, uh, the world was definitely beautiful and you're exactly right like they i they definitely didn't play play in that world enough Mm -hmm. um didn't describe like the societal dynamics and i know it's a kids movie so you don't want to do that too much but like zootopia has a very similar um you know it's got a very vast like diversity depth of everything yeah depth and and they they build the world quickly and efficiently and i felt like that was missing from this it kind of just jumped into the plot i loved the mythos of the uh the the guy tethering the sun mm-hmm. and uh the other guy creating the moon would have loved to see more of that Speak, um, speaking of diversity uh in the english version did they have like kind of like an interracial dating joke in there um, about like the moon like this candle girl like oh, oh so you like you date like the moon people he's like oh they freak me out uh, so, soon uh i don't remember that joke exactly but there was things similar to that where you know there's a lot of um sp- specifically from sahone's character where he kind of felt mightier than the moon people yeah um yeah, at one point when they first meet, they're like, he's like, they're trying, well, he's like flirting with her. He's like, oh, so you're like, are you like a sun person or a moon person? She's like, I'm, I'm mixed. And he's just like, oh, wait, so you, do you date moon people? Or, this isn't obviously quote for quote, but. Yeah. Uh, he, and she's like, I, I don't, well, he's like, oh, well, they freak me out. So <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, um, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I think the biggest problem with the English version is that rob lowe is so noticeably older yeah that's a weird then uh, weird cast right the there. other two characters the other two actors or the, at least like the voice yeah you would um, think they'd pick somebody like younger considering like it's a brand new guardian yeah i just don't know who it would be yeah um, um but but rob lowe is definitely he definitely sounds more I, like he doesn't sound old but he sounds like yeah, you just know Rob Lowe's voice. Yeah, he sounds like he's drank drunk alcohol a bit, um, <laughs> and and it's it's it was definitely distracting to say the least. Uh, oh, also, Christian Slater was Lee Yoon, um, <laughs> which was also kind of weird. But as it, as I guess, kind of makes yeah, sense. I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about the English version. I'm kind of glad I watched the French one. Yeah, honestly, like the only pluses were Patton Oswalt and Ed Holmes. Yeah. Um, Jeff Dunham just sounded like he was doing one of his puppet voices. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't anything yeah. well, it's, remarkable. It's Jeff Dunham. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't it, expect anything left uh, yeah, or less. I also like that it made me pay attention more, kind of invest in it more, uh, especially like when they went into like this dream state, like they changed animation styles. Yeah, the animation which, style actually reminded me a lot of Song of the Sea, which is my favorite animated movie, Yeah, uh, at least of the past 20 years. And uh, they started with that as well, mm-hmm. um, kind of going back in the history of it, uh, which I really enjoyed. Um it, it it's just a beautiful style of animation. Yeah, and it, like it, I'd only imagine that it like saved the money a little bit too, doing it that way. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I, re- I really like the cast of the French the French version. Uh, the story building of it, the world building. 
Um, even Necros, the bad guy, um, was was pretty cool. It, it, like he's very menacing. He's like, yeah. "I'll steal the fucking sun from you." <laughs> and uh, the the one thing I wish, um, I wish that they discussed more what the snake guy, the snake creature that was making him evil. Yeah, was like because it was just kind of like, oh, he's got a snake in his heart, so he's bad now. Um, because because the uh, Necros was a a sun guardian, and then was uh, I guess was they, corrupted by these snakes, and yeah, then got smashed down into the underworld. So he's kind of like Hades in a way. In a way, yeah. Um, accidental Hades, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's weird, but like. There's a lot of creative stuff there that I, I wouldn't mind seeing like sequels to this. To yeah, see it could be explored further. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it really felt like maybe the script because with animated movies you don't really cut scenes out. You you decide what is going to stay in. Yeah. Uh, before you animate it because animating takes so long is so expensive. Um, so I would be interested in reading the script before they had like a final script to animate mm-hmm. to see if they do explore it a little bit more. But I definitely, like I said, I would definitely not mind seeing sequels for this. Yeah, for sure. Um, how'd you, uh, how'd you feel about the ending? Uh, this, this little, uh, this little, uh, candle girl. Um, oh, my back. Help me. Help me, please. What's her name? What was her name? Fuck. Glim. Glim. I almost said Gil. I was like, that doesn't sound right at all. Uh, how'd you feel about the, uh, glim like uh coming back i i was like oh i don't know if i'll like this or not if she does but uh, it's a kid's movie so i understand if she comes back <laughs> i mean she's a candle she's wax so i don't really i don't know i i was kind of i need a serious answer mike this is i'm trying to a give children's you a children's movie and I, I, need a, <laughs> i'm trying to give you a serious answer uh I was fine with it. I mean, I kind of expected it. Yeah, I mean, this, this wasn't like a serious like turning point for me. I was, I yeah. would have been fine either uh, way with what had I happened. I thought it would have been really cool if she did sacrifice herself for this. Yeah, uh, this I cause. agree. I, I, I am always for people sacrificing themselves in kids' movies, um, and staying sacrificed. <laughs> but I, I honestly forget how did like they Bing heal Bong. her? Bing, oh, Bing Bong. Like, uh, so Bing Bong. Why'd you bring a Bing Bong? I assume she just. It was either the piece of the moon that kind of like healed her and brought her back, or it was just you know she was shaped back into form and came back to life. I would assume the moon had something more yeah. to do with it than I think I would have liked being it sculpted. M- yeah, I think I would have liked it more if they had mentioned that in like the first act. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, oh, yeah, I assume the power of the moon brought her back. Yeah, um, but like, I, it's it's a kids movie. I don't hate it. It's yeah. it's not as impactful as Bing Bong. I mean, one way, yeah, for real. One way or another, she sacrificed herself, and I thought that was super dope. Yeah. God, I'm going to put in a clip of Bing Bong right now. Because, <laughs> seriously, legitimately, up until I watched Inside Out. Yeah. Anytime I did cry in a movie, it was a single tear. Bing Bong brought a flood of tears. Bing, Bing Bong was a nobleman. Bing, oh man, and I, like, multiple times, too. Mm-hmm. Not even just the first time. Multiple mm-hmm. times tears came out. <sighs> Richard Kind is a national treasure. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring this to you. I didn't mean no, it. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, didn't I mean I, it. Legitimately, because 
I, we're going, I know I'm going off track here, but you brought it up, so I'm going to talk about Bing Bong. <laughs> <laughs> the two things that get me in movies, self-sacrifice and accepting your mortality. Mm-hmm. Same, Both happened in the same goddamn scene yep. for Bing Bong and Inside and Out. So that hit me real hard. Take her to the moon for me, okay? I'll try. Bing bong. Oh, boy. See, look what you're doing to Mike, bing bong. (laughs) Look what you're doing to Mike. I need to watch Inside Out now. Um, uh, honestly, uh, from there, I don't really have too much more to talk about. Yeah, same um, here. I mean, it's, it's I mean, Bing Bong kind of seals the deal for the rest Bing of the Bing Bong does see. I, I really wish we were watching or talking about Inside Out now because that's a great movie. Yeah, we can, um, we, we'll talk about it another time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that's all I have to say, too. Um, so with that being said, <laughs> Bing Bong, Bing Bong, Bing Bong, let's jump into the judgment for Mune, Guardian of the Moon. Glenn, I'm going to make you pick because you seemed more into this movie than me. Not that I didn't like it, but just from what you've said, I can tell that you okay. appreciated it more. I feel like... And I want to hear your thoughts before I make my decision. I feel like if we watched the same version of the movie, you'd probably appreciate it more. Yes. Um, Because all those things for sure, uh, all those people, all those casts, would definitely be a distraction, not knowing who any of them were and just kind of listening to their voice talent, um, especially uh, Necros, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even even Sahone, uh, like, was great in this version, but you <laughs> you were distracted by the people who were famous in it, in a way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's, there's that. If we watch the same version, which we should have talked about even before that, but regardless... I feel like you'd like it more. I loved the world building. I loved the the, the the characters in the movie. I loved the plot. I loved a lot of it, more than I thought I would for a kid's movie that we had no fucking idea even existed <laughs> at, at a certain point. Yeah, Netflix Roulette kind of uh, served us a good one this time around. Yeah, and I personally, I think there's not too many kid's movies that I'd honestly put on the shelf, but I think this would, you know, put a spot there. Yeah. Uh, so it is now down to me, I guess, to mm-hmm. see if this is a shelf boy, uh, with a baguette in hand and a, a, uh, little, um, I almost called it a sombrero, the beret. Yeah. That's the French hat. <laughs> sombrero. Oh, not a sombrero. He's a tourist. So uh, <laughs> a little, uh, a little shelf garçon with a baguette and beret. Will it become one? Uh, yeah, I honestly think all the problems I had with this had to do with the English translation. Because mm-hmm. uh, most of the time, especially with animated movies, the the translation has to be like dumbed down or kind of made awkward. Yeah. Uh, and and then they it, it kind of butchers the movie. So I really don't think that the stuff that I thought was negative about it is enough 
for me to completely condemn the French version as well. Yeah. Um, if if this was an English movie and we both watched the English one, I would say it is not a shelf boy. I would also do that. But I am going to trust you and uh, say, let's raise a nice baguette to the shelf croissant that is <laughs> Just crossing Mune, baguettes now. <laughs> Guardian of the Moon. Crossing baguettes. So, Mune, Guardian of the Moon, actually becomes a shelf boy. Honestly, before we started recording this, I was not expecting that. Yeah. Uh, but from the sounds of it, the French version is above and beyond better, which, you know, I was ex- um, expecting to begin with, but it's... Yeah, I feel like from now on, if we're going to watch things, we should probably watch them in their respective um, languages. Languages, yeah, I agree. I, I, I that's... I. I did this movie dirty myself um, um but unless it's uh lost my body just because yeah, i was gonna say we we have been watching a lot of french films lately and i'm not against it in the slightest yeah lost my body the english version is actually remarkable i'm yeah. sure the french version is just as remarkable but it, like there is nothing lost in the english version if they can uh, do the voice acting right and get the right people then i'm sure yeah. like it would be a whole nother world but and like i said animated movies are harder to do that yeah um, just because you don't have things to do. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's it's what's been said. Yes. You <laughs> so, don't have to physically act. You can just vocally. Yeah. Mune is put on the KFR shelf. That brings us to our plugs for this week. Uh, I guess, Glenn, you should go first since next week's my week, so I'll this go. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So I came across a little uh, thing on YouTube called Rebooted Short Film um, by Tim Tim Fed. Um, and it's basically about this, uh, this little motion stop or I'm sorry, Jesus Christ, stop motion skeleton that was, you know, crafted and like, I would assume the era that it was made, it was like the the fifties or Mm sixties called like 10,000 sandals or something like that. And, and then like, uh, he has to move on with his career and is basically trying to, he's like trying to be a working actor, but. You know, everything's CGI now. And he's now he found out that his movie, uh, 10,000 Sandals, he's being re- rebooted and he didn't get the fucking part. He's mm. he's a skip. It's actually a really crazy uh, 12 minute short film. It's it's really funny just to see the, the things that goes on and the adventure he has to take to try to get his role back or destroy the idea of the reboot altogether. And it's up to you, you to decide when you watch it. <laughs> So that is rebooted the short film on YouTube, correct? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. I'm gonna to have to check that out. Uh, my plug for this week is something that honestly baffled me when I first saw it. Uh, so we we've discussed the Mandalorian Star Wars show on Disney Plus. It's really the only reason to get Disney Plus for real. And if we could just binge that shit instead of them releasing one a week, we would just pay the one week fee and then <laughs> and then cancel quit forever. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this completely blew my mind because I did not know that this was a thing. And it, uh, so the, the video is called Why the Mandalorian Uses Virtual Sets Over Green Screen on the Insider 
YouTube page. I actually um, passed this. So for those of you know who know the history of like special effects in movies, they used to have this thing called rear projection where they would have a screen uh, between the can uh, sorry, behind the actors, and then behind that screen they would uh, project images of like streets so like they could look like they're driving without mm-hmm. having any of the problems of driving like sound and, and all that. Yeah. Um, this kind of takes that concept and completely revitalizes it for the modern era. A, it looks much better than any green screen I have ever seen because I did not even know it was a green screen. Yeah. Uh, and B, it is going to be cheaper in the long run because you're going to be like, you're not going to have to. You don't have to do, do any it. effects. Yeah. You just have to create a, a virtual set. So they have like this giant screen that also acts as a lighting device for the actors. Um, and and it, it's moves with the camera. So the perspective changes. So not only do the actors be, they're able to see the scene that they're in mm-hmm. uh, instead of just a giant green screen. Instead of uh, like poor Gandalf talking to himself yeah, exactly. in the Hobbit films. And, but, but like minimal post is is needed. Like yeah, there's still some post that is needed, especially for wider shots. Yeah. But for the most part, it's, it's very minimal and it's just remarkable. It completely blew my mind when I saw this. I, I have always been slightly disappointed growing up in the era I did because there's never been a special effect that really blew me away because it's all just like copies of other things and it's all done Mm -hmm. in computer and this is done in computer and it is a copy of something but it's something that I didn't even think was a a possibility uh, and I'm stoked for it. While filming this scene from Disney's The Mandalorian, the actors could see their surroundings but the surroundings weren't actually there. All of this is just LED screens, displaying backgrounds pre-made in a video game engine. Compare that with this fight scene from Avengers Endgame, where actors jumped around in a sea of green, imagining how VFX artists would make this planet look once filming had ended. The Mandalorian is one of the first major productions to choose LED walls over green screens, and the benefits for the actors are just the tip of the iceberg. LED walls make the lighting better, filming smoother, and in certain cases, cost a lot less than using... So that is why The Mandalorian uses virtual sets over green screen on Movie Insider on YouTube. Uh, That is my plug for this week. So those are our plugs for this week. Definitely check both of those out. That brings us to our assignment for next week. Um, I feel like... I could be wrong, but I feel like it's been a while since we've done a thriller. Kind of, yeah, I think so. Who knows? I don't know. I'm a big fan of thrillers, so maybe not. But uh, I decided that this this movie's been kind of calling my name, so to speak, for a while. Um, I've been interested in watching it. It's it's got beautiful imagery, at least when it's... uh, If this this movie's called Mike, I swear to God. It's not, it's not. But that would be beautiful imagery. (laughs) Um, But it's... it's, um, it's on Netflix. Netflix sponsors, and it's called The Perfection. When troubled musical prodigy Charlotte seeks out Elizabeth, the new star pupil for her former uh, of her former school, the encounter sends both musicians down a sinister path with shocking consequences. Uh, it is written by Eric C. Car- uh, Charmello or Carmelo. I'm not sure how he would pronounce that. Richard Shepard and Nicole Snyder. It is directed by Richard Shepard and stars Allison uh, Allison Williams, uh, who many will know from Get Out, 
and Logan Browning, Steven Weber, and Elena Huffman. And that is on Netflix. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it looks interesting. It could be good, could be bad. Who knows? But I'm interested. It's actually nice and pretty short, too. Hopefully yeah. it... Uh... Hopefully not too much was cut from it to make it actually like really good or anything. Yeah, hopefully it's it's still has the uh, director's vision portrayed Seal on approval. screen. Seal of approval, yes. So that is perfection. The perfection on Netflix. Netflix sponsor us. Please. What is happening to me? I'm burning up. It's gonna be okay. It's- oh, it's not. Oh, dude, it's not. Listen to me. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with me. Lizzie, I know. That's why we need to get you help. I'm dying. I'm dying. What's happening? What's happening? Oh, my God. What's happening? I don't know. Oh, my God. What is it? I don't know. What What the fuck? Look at you, Help me! Help me, Help me! You know what you have to do. Well, you know what happens now. And that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com, on Instagram, Keystone underscore film underscore review, Twitter, Keystone underscore film, on Facebook, Keystone Film Review, and on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we discuss the perfection. There should be a movie based on me. Well, you're already perfect, so it just makes sense, too. Oh, stop. Never. Bye.